You're listening to Reframed, the Power of Perspective podcast, and I'm your host, Carly Marquier. As both a Christian counselor and communicator, I want to equip you with the tools and truths that renew your mind and empower your soul. As we explore popular topics influencing our perspectives, I want to offer practical techniques for reframing unhealthy thinking patterns and provide step-by-step pathways for emotional and spiritual health. You know, this process of untangling our automatic thoughts and attitudes is not always easy, but thankfully God's word gives us instruction on how to reframe our thoughts, renew our minds, and redeem our perspectives in light of the gospel. It is this framework we will use to dispute discouragement, eliminate emotional reasoning, and empower our pursuit of abundant life. So are you ready? Let us explore our current perspectives, expose distortions we have come to believe, and grow deeper in our understanding of God's transforming power. Welcome back to the Reframe Podcast. You are listening to episode six, uh, and today I'm going to be jumping into the topic of boundaries. Um, I've entitled this episode, Four Reasons Why You Have a Hard Time Saying No. And there's probably more than four, but today I'm just going to hit on maybe the four top reasons why we have difficulty setting boundaries and maintaining boundaries in our life. So the inspiration for this episode and the additional maybe interpersonal themes throughout the next several episodes come from the many conversations that I have been having both personally and professionally in this season I think for a lot of us, we can say that boundaries and communication, differentiating from our families, the feelings of loneliness and the desire for community are pretty big topics in our lives, especially after uh, the pandemic and the ramifications of that in each one of our social lives. And so I think these are really important topics and there are such beautiful truths and helpful techniques that can support us in developing healthy and God-honoring relationships with those around us. So I'm really excited to jump back in and discuss more topics that relate now to our relational field of mental health. Now, I will be the first one to say that I have not at all mastered these skills, but I do have a deep desire to pursue healthy relationships that reflect God's love and grace. And I'm passionate about supporting others and doing the same. And so as I've continued to learn and grow, I'm finding that to love those around me best, I must start with first uncovering the messages I have started to believe. I have to start addressing the patterns of unhealth in my own heart and reframe my perspective through practices in prayer. So I hope we can start doing that together. And so This episode is going to focus primarily on one of the most common questions I think I have in therapy. It's, why is it so hard to say no? And you know, it's so funny because I hear this question so much in therapy and my friends would tell you um, that I'm the yes queen. You know, I oftentimes and have a pretty uh, consistent pattern of not leaving margin in my schedule, not leaving margin in my relational uh, capacity. And so this is a humbling uh, topic to share on today because I am always working on this and always kind of checking in and having my friends frequently check in on me um, when it comes to finding my edges, learning my limits, and communicating my choices clearly. And so I want to invite you in on that process and also encourage you to kind of evaluate your own heart and maybe the need for knowing and naming your boundaries. And so 
These unspoken or spoken relational lines are simply meant to help us distinguish where we end and where others begin. That's a simple definition of boundaries. And for many of us, maintaining these boundaries can be very difficult. And one of the easiest tests that I give um, to identify porous boundaries is asking the question, how often do you say no? Because truly, I think many of us can ascribe to the fact that we have a hard time saying no and we don't say no very often. But another question I often ask too is, how often do you apologize for your limitations? You know, oh, I'm sorry I can't make it, or I'm sorry that I can't help with that certain thing, or I'm sorry that I have you know, this commitment over that commitment, etc. Right? We are constantly apologizing for the fact that we don't have enough space, um, or enough time, or enough fill in the blank, right? And so this is a great question to ask yourself. And if you are answering yes, you know, yeah, I have a really hard time saying no, or I constantly feel like I am apologizing for my limits, you're in good company. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I keep asking the question, you know, what is it that motivates us to contradict our capacity, to push ourselves beyond our limits, or dismiss our needs, our feelings, and our values? So here are my top four reasons why I think most of us struggle with saying no. Number one, the guilt of letting people down. If there is one overarching theme in most of the reasons why we have a hard time saying no, I think it comes down to this one. You know, our fear of rejection, our fear of disappointment, mind reading, right, that might go into it, or this unspoken expectation that happens in relational interactions where we just, we operate out of a guilt, right? I say to my clients all of the time, are you doing this out of affection or obligation? And that helps us really identify what we're working out of. What is our motivation for doing something? Is it to um, not receive a consequence or is it out of love for that person And oftentimes we see that a lot of our automatic behaviors in crossing our boundary lines come out of obligation um, and our guilt to let someone down really motivates our lack of boundary. Number two is our need to help others in order to be loved. If it's not obligation, it's affection, right? And so if we're talking about doing something for someone else, or going out of our way to do something, crossing a boundary line in some context sometimes can look like, well, I'm just loving them well, right? We say this in Christian culture all the time. Well, I'm just, it's sacrificial love. This is why I'm doing this. But the question often comes down to, am I doing this from love or for love? And that is a really important question to ask ourselves because if we are living for love, to be loved, we are going to stretch ourselves thin and be chasing after something that is already our birthright as believers, as children of God. You are of what you do, right? And to connect this equation of I have to do in order to be loved, that is not love, right? And so, um, you know, scripture is so beautifully reminding us constantly that it is not anything we do that gives us this lovableness. It is um, God's love towards us. He loved us first before we were even acknowledging him. And so boundaries tend to allow us to live in that, 
you know, to be able to say, I don't have to do in order to be loved. I can set limits and those that understand and value these boundaries also won't um, impose this equation of you have to do in order to be loved. Number three, the need to please people. Now we've all heard this before, right? People pleasing. Oh, I'm such a people pleaser. Um, And maybe this is something that you said about yourself. And what I want us to understand with this particular reason for not saying no is it can be differentiated from guilt of letting people down and even our need to um, seek love and attention. It can be very much a distortion of our, or lack of self-awareness even, of our own personal values versus someone else's. So we are taking someone else's feelings, needs, priorities, values, and we are placing them higher than our own. And there is a lot of challenges that can happen when we become accustomed to meeting other people's needs when they go in direct violation of our own. And that is the way we kind of differentiate this idea of sacrificial love, right? Um, selflessness. We use these terms very openly in Christian communities because that is how God is towards us. That is how Jesus is in showing just this extravagant sacrifice in his, in his ability to love us. And two things here. One, those are beautiful examples, and we are to lay down our life for our friends and to give when we maybe don't have enough. And we are not God, and we are not Jesus. And so being able to also hold space for how is this gift or how is this sacrifice or how is this movement we might make or right? this behavior we might have in relational fields benefiting someone And is it going in contradiction to my values, my feelings, and my beliefs? That is a great question to ask. And for a lot of us, I think we tend to minimize or exchange our thoughts and feelings or even perspectives on things because someone else needs it. And maybe it taps into some guilt and need for affection and acceptance, but really asking ourselves the question, you know, am I doing this? out of my need to make others happy with me, to follow through because that's what's expected of me, even if it violates and contradicts my values, my feelings, my character. If the answer is yes to this, if we are forcing ourselves to go beyond what we feel and know to be true to our belief systems, then we have to reevaluate Let's just jump finally into this last one, the fourth reason why we have a hard time saying no. And this is a very simplistic answer, but I think the fourth reason is very much our need for acceptance. We have been taught time and time again that if we don't do what other people ask of us, they won't love us anymore, or they will withhold something from us, or they will be upset with us and it will cause conflict Uh, There is so much avoidance of conflict that can happen because we just don't want to say no, right? And that doesn't actually keep peace, right? It just sustains a false sense of peace. And so what boundaries do is they invite others into respecting our limitations and they allow people to understand that 
we can and and won't do certain things, right? And this is an invitation. It's not an expectation. We can't force other people to follow our boundaries or to ascribe to the same values that we have, but we can invite them to respect them. Something that I remember a client saying once was, Carly, you know (laughs) that if I set boundaries, people will leave. And I thought this was a really profound thing to say because she's right And it is true that oftentimes in setting boundaries and seeking what's healthy for us, we do experience loss and rejection. And that is a really hard thing. And I think our desire desperately is to be connected to one another. And so our need for acceptance kind of trumps this what is right and what is good and what is helpful for me. And we unfortunately exchange that and it does have a cost though for most of us we can attest to the fact that the lack of boundary the lack of margin in our lives whether it be relational or professional or academic or just time wise you know there's many ways that we can learn to say no in our lives it has a consequence and so I want to briefly talk about those consequences and maybe this can be a really good checklist for you in asking yourself whether or not you have to or need to increase some boundaries and explore what that looks like for you. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So the list of consequences that I've kind of processed through recently is uh, four different things. And and they each kind of have different fields. So depending on the boundaries that we do or do not set in our lives, we might experience some of these. Number one, enmeshment or codependency, right? In a relational sense, if we're not setting boundaries relationally, saying, okay, this is where I end and the other person begins, whether this be a parent-child relationship, a friendship, um, a relationship, we have to be able to find that line that says, I cannot be responsible for something that's not within my personal power, And for those in our lives that we are in relationship with, for them to do the same for us. We're not taking responsibility for that person in the sense that their emotions are my responsibility or um, their, you know, behaviors are my responsibility. But I walk with them and saying, I'll carry this burden with you. Um, But there is a distinction. And if we don't make that distinction and and reevaluate that distinction, we will find that we are 
uh, lacking boundaries. We're becoming a little bit more enmeshed. We don't know where they end and we begin. And there tends to be a lot of guilt cycling, which can lead to that codependency definition. Number two, emotional distress. I don't know about you, but I know that when I'm experiencing emotional distress in my life, something is out of whack. And it's oftentimes that I have not set enough margin and limit in my life in order to rest well, to be alone, to take time to be with the Lord, um, to evaluate priorities. And so emotional distress can be a really great way of our bodies telling us, hey, something's off. You know, check in with yourself. If there are feelings that you're experiencing, like anger and frustration and sadness and anxiety, those can be indicators that maybe there are some boundary violations happening. And that kind of leads to um, resentment, right? Uh, if you have uh, significant resentment in your in your life and in your relationships, that is a very clear uh, warning sign of, hey, someone keeps doing something that's really frustrating to me, I cannot control that person, but what I can control is my ability to allow that person in or out of my life, allow that person access. Um, And so maybe it's evaluating what boundaries are we not upholding or maintaining that is allowing that resentment to fester. And then finally, um, the guilt and fear cycle. This can be a unfortunate consequence of lack of boundaries where we kind of spiral in this fear of saying something and this guilt of not doing enough or this guilt of trying to set a boundary, etc. It can really create a challenging aspect to our relationships because we want to be close to people and we want to, you know, pursue career paths, etc. But this guilt, fear kind of cycle can keep us very stuck and very stagnant and moving towards differentiation. And we'll talk more about that in maybe a future episode, but this ability to separate our thoughts and feelings and values from the pressures around us and and the social challenges that we might experience, that we are our own self with our unique values, thoughts, and feelings. And that is something to be valued and aligned with constantly. And when we are disaligned, we feel that. We experience that distress and, and disalignment in these various various ways. So now that we understand the ways in which maybe we have a hard time saying no and the consequences of such, I want to help us reframe boundaries and maybe encourage us to take a fresh perspective on this so that we can start implementing it to increase our relationship health and our individual health and even our spiritual health. So with reframing boundaries, I think it's important for us to start at thinking about what boundaries are not. Boundaries are not meant to be walls to keep people out. That's not the right definition or or mindset we need to have with boundaries, but rather that boundaries are tracks, tracks that keep relationships and time and priorities on the right path, one that's healthy for us. And so walls are not the answer. Walls keep people out and they keep us isolated. And as we know, we are meant for relationships. And so boundaries are not walls. Number two, boundaries are not other people's responsibility. I have learned this 
so many times um, throughout my young adulthood because I think I had some sort of expectation that other people were going to have the same exact perspective as I did. And so in peer relationships, in romantic relationships, there was just this unspoken expectation that the other person was responsible to hold up my boundaries. And that's not true, I found out. (laughs) And maybe you have too, right? Because we can get so um, frustrated with other people and it can cause so much conflict in our relationships when we have not verbalized and not agreed upon certain expectations for a boundary in our lives. And so something that um, Pete Scazzaro talks about in his book, Emotionally Healthy Relationships, he talks about how expectations cannot be expectations unless they are realistic and, and unless they are agreed upon. And so I think this is great in relation to boundaries as well. We can't expect or place responsibility of our personal boundaries onto anybody in our lives unless, right, we have communicated and had these mutual expectation that we hold each other accountable to that particular boundary. And so for us to acknowledge, hey, boundaries are not someone Alice's responsibility. If I have a boundary, it's my responsibility to maintain it. And I can't be upset with someone else if they are not maintaining that. I have to make sure that I set myself up for safety. And if that person isn't respecting that boundary, then there's another process I have to take, right? Not just maybe displacing that frustration onto that person. Number three, boundaries are not equal. I think some people have more fluid boundaries than others. Some people have more rigid boundaries than others. And so I think it's being able, and I'm learning this in my own life, to reevaluate and to discuss. And boundaries, again, are tracks so they can they can shift and change with the health of a relationship or with the difference in a job, right? There's so much that we can understand about boundaries when we don't box it and say this is what boundaries are they're not always equal they can be they can look different for different people right and so having that mindset shifting that mindset for us can be helpful and it has been for me um and then finally boundaries are not selfish <laughs> i think this is something that i've felt in some ways that setting margin creating space for rest acknowledging that time for me is a big area of boundary that I need in my life is actually God honoring, right? Taking a Sabbath, taking time for silence and solitude. Those are practices that truly help our souls connect with God and refresh and recharge so that we can pour out to other people. And so if you have been feeling that boundaries, that you're setting boundaries, that they're selfish in any way, it's really evaluating, you know, what is the purpose of this boundary? And ultimately, every time it can be, hopefully, that we are seeking to glorify God. And by doing so, by resting, by playing, by um, setting aside time to not be pouring out, but be poured into, etc. So now that we know what boundaries are not, let's jump into a little bit more explanation about what healthy boundaries are, the components of healthy boundaries, where we see this modeled for us in scripture, and how to start stepping towards implementing healthy boundaries in our lives. Okay, so let's jump into this idea of what boundaries are and really give some clarity on the components of boundaries. One of my favorite 
I guess, mentors in the field is Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, he has a podcast and several incredible books on the topic of boundaries. He also has a radio show if you're into Instagram lives. Um, and he's just wonderful. And one of the ways that he characterizes boundaries is he says that boundaries have three main components, right? So when we're talking about this boundary line of one's unique personal power, it its components are really important. So we have one, ownership, two, personal choice, and three, responsibility. These three components allow us in many ways to kind of understand boundaries in a very tangible way. And so when I think of ownership, I think of my ability to have control. And if you think of a circle and acknowledging anything outside that circle is not something you can control. So like the weather, whether or not our friends come and go in and out of our lives, whether our close relationships, our families, our spouses, our children talk to us in a certain way, whether we get you know the job or not, these things are not really in our control. But inside that circle, we have what we call personal power. We have ownership, acknowledging that. I can act a certain way. I can apply for the job and see what happens. I can communicate my feelings and express when I don't like something or when I do like something. And this ability to acknowledge our personal power and take ownership of the fact that we have the ability to say, I want this, I'm going to choose this, or I can communicate how I feel. I can move from one place to the other. I can choose to be in relationship or out of relationship with certain people in my life. And that is something that can give us a lot of empowerment as people to have ownership of the choices that we make. And our choices, right, leading off of that ownership into choices, we get to say yes and no. And so being able to have choice is a really important aspect of boundaries because if we're allowing other people to make those choices for us, we're bound to feel disconnected and in a lot of ways resentful that we aren't able to exercise that choice. And so ownership gives us that kind of empowerment to make choice. And then I think the third aspect of this in responsibility is being able to acknowledge that we have to maintain these boundaries ourselves and we're the only ones that can hold ourselves to it, right? And so it's acknowledging that if I have a boundary, if I have a choice, I'm going to exercise my personal power and ownership by saying yes or no to something, I'm going to own it and take responsibility for it. And this alleviates this pressure of, you know, proving something. It also alleviates the pressure of having an expectation or maybe even questioning expectation. And it's more of an invitation. You know, I'm responsible for inviting people to respect my boundaries and I cannot expect people to maybe have the same ones I have, but I can encourage and invite them to respect what I do have. These components hopefully can help you formulate your own personal boundaries when you're looking at situations in your life where you might be saying, okay, these are areas I really need to find some margin and something that aligns more with what I'm feeling and experiencing and maybe even something that aligns with your values in a different way. 
So now that we understand the components of boundaries, how do these apply to our current life circumstances and how do we become better at it? You know, for many of us, maybe you're really good at physical boundaries, but your emotional boundaries are really rigid. Or in turn, maybe you have really porous emotional boundaries and your financial boundaries are really what is struggling. And so looking at the different types of boundaries that there are, whether it be time, emotional, relational, physical, um, non-negotiable boundaries, acknowledging what you believe about them and how you want to implement those boundaries in your life to create space and freedom is the most important step. But in doing so, I really want us to ground it in the truths of scripture because there's something so beautiful about this idea of a boundary in relation to the personhood of God. Because when we think about God's personhood from the very beginning, he has differentiated himself from us, right? He has separated himself as God and us as his creation. And so I think there is something very beautiful about acknowledging it's okay to have limits and values and separateness even in our togetherness. And this is the very heart of differentiation is being able to live in unity and community with others even while being separate in our unique views and beliefs in our feelings and thoughts, etc. And so it's acknowledging our personhood And so we see this in the life of Jesus, right? He disappointed people all the time. He would not move from what he was called to do. And I think that is a really helpful thing for us to focus on as we look at our heart and our motivation for setting boundaries in our life is truly to be like Jesus, to glorify God with our lives and to not separate ourselves Um, from community and relationships and certain things, but to allow ourselves to be balanced and in line with our values and what God has called us to in our lives. And so some practical skills for this. Number one, I would really love to encourage each of you listening today to take some time to check in. Are you experiencing the warning signs of lack of boundaries in your life? Are you exhausted? Are you anxious? Are you angry? Are you having relational difficulties? Are you mind reading? These questions are very helpful in determining where we're at with setting limits and knowing our edges and inviting God into this space and asking him to show us where we may need to set up um, spaces to hold ourselves accountable Um, to being consistent and being who he has called us to be. In addition to that, I would really encourage you to explore your personal values. What is it that you hold important to you? Um, Sometimes it's going on and taking a values exploration. There's so many online quizzes for that. And maybe it's sitting down with a friend or mentor or therapist and exploring what are your deepest desires and where do those stem from? What are the motivations? Because all of that, those values are a foundation for choice, right? And I think we can go to scripture to this too. As we create a value ethic, we need to begin with God's word, right? And ask him to give us wisdom to discern and the Holy Spirit to 
acknowledge the fruit of the Spirit at work in us as we are in relationships and as we are being sanctified and brought more to the image of Christ. And so in addition to these two personal aspects, I would encourage you to name your limits with people. It's okay if you cannot be there for every single person all the time. And when we are able to evaluate and name our limits and acknowledge, you know, I want to be there. I wish I could be there. I'm not apologizing that I can't be, right? But I'm acknowledging that my limitation is I'm not going to be fully present if I'm there. So I want to do it on a different day. Or, you know, I really want to be supportive. But right now, this is priority. And so being able to ask yourself the question of where are the frustrations coming up and I need to go and evaluate that frustration and name it and have a dialogue about it if you can. And my last step is to take small bites. I say this often to my clients that when we're building up on a skill, when we're acknowledging our need for change in our lives. We want to start slow um, and make margin for a practice. And so build with small no's, right? Thinking about saying no to something that's very large in your life that maybe has become very patternistic is going to feel really overwhelming, but maybe it's starting to say no with simply to just a few hours of time where you can rest and relax. Maybe it's saying no so that you can have extra time with your family or extra time with those in your life that are important to you. Or maybe it's saying no to certain activities and ways in which we can get swept up in our career and making more time for the Lord. And all of these, we're taking small steps, small bites um, in our ability to create space and margin. So as we conclude today's episode, I want to encourage you to check out the show notes after this episode because we have lots of resources available to us to help us practice the art of saying no and the art of creating margin in our life that glorifies God. Um, And so if you are looking for additional resources, please check out the show notes and you can connect with me if you have other questions at carlymarkweird.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Reframed, the Power of Perspective podcast. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe and drop a comment. To access more content and to join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, you can visit my website at carlymarcoulier.com. Reframed, the power of perspective, is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed Carly's episode today, we would love it if you left the show a rating and review in your favorite podcast app. It really does help more people like you find the show. This podcast was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and Stephen Sanders, with executive oversight by Stephen McGarvey. To find more faith-filled, encouraging podcasts like this one, just head over to lifeaudio.com. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories. And our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids.
You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.